Hey everybody, Tanner Green here, one half of the Chart Chat team. We are still slated to make a return to weekly episodes come next year, but in the meantime, I still wanted to do a run-through of what I thought were the albums that really stood out from the rest of the bunch this year. So, like last year, I'm going to be doing a four-part series on my personal albums of the year. As always, I listened to every single album that debuted on the Billboard 200 And for this first episode, we're going to walk through the six albums that I think were really great from the first three months of the year. So we're talking any album or EP that charted on the Billboard 200 in January, February, and March of 2019. So without further ado, let's dive in and start with our first album, which debuted at number 29 the chart week of January 5th, climbed to its peak of number 11 the following week, and as befits a star of this stature, the album is still in the top half of the Billboard 200 as of this recording in early December. That was Solo de Mi, a track off of Bad Bunny's debut album Por Siempre. Bad Bunny has such a striking command of so many different styles that it's a bit of a daunting task to try to acknowledge them all. Por Siempre ranges from Latin trap to reggaeton to pop punk to bachata, and for as quickly as these songs turn on a dime, Bunny never gets left behind. On Quinto Eres, he snaps from his low register to his high register super quickly, and then on Ni Bien Ni Mal, he takes a quick detour into these vocal echoes and filters that are a little reminiscent of Travis Scott. It's easy for critics to over-romanticize genre blending, but Bad Bunny and executive producer Taney are so attuned to these minute details that I have no choice but to follow suit. Next up, an album that debuted at number 94 in the first week of February and then left the chart the following week. That was 17 from Sharon Van Etten's latest album, Remind Me Tomorrow. Three quarters of the way through 17, guitars and synthesizers fade away to make room for Van Etten. 
She recognizes her past self in a 17-year-old neighborhood girl, grapples with those mixed emotions, and screams that the girl is afraid that you'll be just like me. It's one of the most moving musical moments of the year, Van Etten freezing time with the intensity of her outburst. Remind Me Tomorrow is full of powerful moments, but it's also an incredibly patient album, slowly adding layers to each arrangement over time. In collaboration with St. Vincent collaborator John Congleton, Van Etten surrounds her voice and piano with worn, off-kilter synthesizers. Synth pitches and rhythms wobble in and out of sync, but Van Etten remains unflappable, her weary voice a sign of both hardship and determination. From there, let's jump two weeks ahead to February 16th, where this next album debuted at number 164, the very first appearance on the Billboard 200 for this North Carolina duo. She only holds me in her arms when she's feeling blue. My baby only holds me in her arms when she's feeling blue. She calls me up and tells me. Honey, I need you. I come around like always do. That was Mandolin Orange with their song When She's Feeling Blue from their latest album, Tides of a Teardrop. Mandolin Orange often sound like one long exhale. There's a gentleness and an ease to their songs that make me pause, relax my shoulders, close my eyes for a bit, making Tides of a Teardrop really well-suited for a quiet evening alone. That solitude sometimes turns into grief, given songwriter Andrew Martin's lyrical focus on the death of his mother, but such sorrow is tempered by the instrumentation's caress. Marlon and Emily France bounce close, intimate sounds like acoustic guitars, fiddles, mandolins, with very reverberant drums and electric guitar swells, and the resulting flow parallels the quiet drift of ambient music, actually. Moving down the line, an artist's long-awaited debut album that spent its one chart week at number 149 the first week of March. That was Natty Natasha and her song Quien Sabe from her debut album Illuminati. 
And every time I listen to Illuminati, I become more and more convinced that Natty Natasha could sing just about any type of song well. For example, because of her excellent dynamic control, she's able to lock into reggaeton's clave rhythm and keep looping around and around and around and around. Tracks like Era Necessario put me in a bit of a trance that lasts even after the song ends. And then elsewhere on songs like Independiente, Natasha shows her skill with trap beats, but some of Illuminati's most thrilling moments come in more traditional settings. As we already heard in the clip, Ken Sabe sees Natasha team up with bachata legend Lenny Santos, while the closing track La Mejor Version de Mi is an elegant acoustic ballad that places Natasha's voice front and center. Keeping up the pattern of one-week chart runs, up next is an album that debuted at number 45 the week of March 23rd, this artist's fifth album ever, and their first in six years. Not to say, let me face The sound and fury Let me That was Dido and her new song Hurricanes off of the album Still On My Mind. I will forever admire the complexities of Dido's voice. Her singing conveys a grace and a poise that I find soothing, sometimes even inspiring. She occasionally hints at an alluring undercurrent of ice, but she's never completely detached from her material. Instead, that slight chill accentuates the gentle patter of electronics that surround her. Drum timbres on songs like Take You Home and Hell After This recall Dido's turn of the millennium breakthrough without being overtly retro. And despite the hurricanes of the album's opening track that we heard, Dido stands ready for the storms. She might even make them sound pleasant. And finally, the last album on this list. Another one weeker from March 23rd and another collaboration with John Congleton, this time debuting at number 169. I want you to think of me sitting and singing beside you I wish we could meet all the people behind us in line The climb to the crest is less frightening with someone to clutch you But isn't it nice when we're all afraid at the same time And it's just a ride It's just a ride And you've got the choice to get off any time that you like It's just a ride it's just a ride 
The alternatives and nothingness might as well give it a try. That was Amanda Palmer's song, The Ride, from There Will Be No Intermission. And this album is staggering. It's nearly 80 minutes long, and yet not a single second is wasted. From Palmer's inventive piano melodies to the occasional percussion that sort of jolts listeners out of complacency. Even the interstitial instrumentals are essential. Brief pockets of orchestral contemplation between songs that regularly stretch beyond the five-minute mark. And within those songs, Amanda Palmer trembles, shouts, whispers, snarls. She imbues her words with a directness that is impossible to ignore. On the ride, Palmer begins with widespread existential turmoil, notices that the alternative to said turmoil is nothingness, and resolves to live through her fear rather than succumb to it. After that track, Palmer shifts to a much more personal scope, holding tight to the people that mean most to her amid such an ease. These people include author Judy Bloom, whose work comforted and inspired Palmer in her youth, and her newborn baby, who proves an equal source of joy and self-doubt. But once again, Palmer works through her self-doubt and takes comfort in the small victories. At least the baby didn't die. And there you have it. Six albums from the first three months of this year that I think are great. Worth your time, go listen to them, check them out, and stay tuned next week for a whole bunch more albums from the second quarter of this year. Between now and then, feel free to look us up on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Check out some of our back catalog before we kick off the new year. And until then, I'll catch you all next week.